And we're wrapping up. And I can't think of a better way to wrap up as, as Joe comes and his wife Avril are with us uh, with all the way, whether they'll share their story from South Africa and moving to Central America. I can't think of a better thing for to have happen is to finish up our Unstoppable series. See, we've been going through the book of Acts with Paul, the missionary, who, who went through so much and is, as an example for us. And as we're called to the mission field, when we leave this place, we go out into our, our world in the mission field, I can't think of a better thing to have to finish off a series on being on mission is actually have missionaries. And so, uh, Joe, you can come on up and get ready here. But we are, we're wrapping this up with this series. And so this coming week, the questions in your groups and the guide and everything all will tie into week 10 and what we're doing. But I want to highlight to you, let's, let's not, this would be the tragedy of a, a series in the book of Acts, and that is not to act on any of it. The tragedy in our church is we, we hear it and we do nothing with it. That would be sad that would happen that way. And so I want to encourage you in the act out section of this, this guide in the back, practice it this spring and summer with your small group, with your family, and let's, let's live it. Let's live it out and what God has had for us. So Joe and Avril Morris, thank you so much for coming here. Jesus to the needy, and I look forward to what happens. What did, what did missionaries go through in the last couple of years? You're going to hear about that here. Let's welcome these guys. Thank you very much. you to use your imagination and you probably went to bed last night things were pretty peachy if you have like a roof over your head and you've had something to eat hopefully then things are pretty good then the next morning you wake up and uh, someone has sabotaged the water for your whole area and there's a running gunfight out in the streets uh, shooting and they're trying to break in over the wall into the area where you're living and break the electric fence so they can get in. They've looted over a thousand malls, stripping them to the walls bare and then burning most of them to the ground. You hear sounds of explosions there, sound like aerial bombing and it's actually um, big whole complexes where there's factories that they've set alight and chemicals of every kind are going up in smoke. You think your house is on fire because the smoke is now so thick you have to put towels underneath the doors and windows to keep the smoke out. Oh, and your phone may or may not work because you have no power because they've sabotaged the power as well. So now you're in the dark, you don't have any communication, your water is gone. You have whatever fuel is in your car because all of the tankers have been attacked on the freeways and have been burned right down to the frame and there's just hulks of these burning tankers sitting on the freeways. So this was a, what we woke up to one morning in South Africa, this was our new well, there's no food because they've also been looted. 
waste or stripped to the walls. All the, nobody wants to ship anything because nobody can get anywhere without being attacked or burned. Um, so I have a short video thanking, our, thanking everyone that prayed for us during this time. Some of you may not or, or may or may not be aware of what actually was going on. But um, if we can roll that. It's total anarchy in South Africa right now. It started with the incarceration of Jacob Zuma for contempt of court, corruption, and state capture. A faction of the ANC, in order to destabilize the government, called on their followers to attack and kill white people and destroy white businesses. What followed was one of the most destructive periods of time we've seen in South Africa in the last 12 years we've been here. Foreigners were attacked and killed, and their bodies are laying in the street. Businesses were looted and burned, whole shopping malls completely looted and empties. Factories set alight, and we could hear huge explosions and gunfights all around us all night. No police to be seen in our area. The army was promised but didn't show until after most of the looting, the burning, the killing, and the destruction of factories was over. Then the mobs began marching on the local communities who armed themselves with anything they could find and there were armed confrontations in which people were killed on both sides. We uh, are just waiting on the Lord to know what to do right now because uh, it's too dangerous for me to go into certain areas that I have been going into. Um, I've tried to do my best to get food when I can get it to the orphanages that we're helping. I'm still working on trying to get some of the food distributed, but I have very little food left and the warehouses where I buy it have been completely looted and gutted and it'll be a long time before they're up, if, if ever, some of them. Uh, so my medicine supply has also been disrupted and um, yeah, we're just trying to uh, help the people around us that we can in our, in our own community here and ones that we can get to. So we covet your prayers and we thank you for your support during this time. Um, we're going to have a lot of things that we need to get done before we leave. I'm having trouble with um, getting my visa. So uh, hopefully if that goes through, um, we're going to try to head back to the States for a while, not in the near future. Uh, we're not sure exactly when or how that's going to work. Um, a lot depends on the outcome of my visa application, uh, whether I can stay in the country longer or not. We still have issues with our support right now, and we also um, have the... Uh, missions organization that we belong to is Alternative Missions and at the end of this year they have said they're going to uh, close up so uh, we'll need to find another organization. We were able to get some food to some of the people that we um, know around in this area and, um, and then also some to another pastor who was able to help distribute some of it. Uh, 
I say, our, our food supply now is very limited even for ourselves. We wait in long lines, uh, can spend the whole day grocery shopping to get just a few items. So, good morning, fellow missionaries. <laughs> uh, and I do mean that. We're all missionaries. If we know Jesus and he's our Lord and Savior, then we are called to be a missionary wherever we are. I just We happen to have a foreign calling, and um, we, we, are in, we have been in South Africa for the last 12 years in the area of KwaZulu-Natal, which is the region of the Zulus, and the culture there, uh, they, they do ancestral worship. The needs there were largely, um, they had the epicenter of the AIDS crisis in the world was KwaZulu and have a 46% prevalency rate there. And most of the people don't even know they have the disease. So many of the people that we've been ministering to um, and brought to Christ went on to be with him because of the, the HIV AIDS. Um, we led this whole family to the Lord, the young uh, daughter there. We ministered her for several years eventually succumb to the disease. We bring school clothes um, to orphans who can't get into the uh, school system without having a, a uniform. So we're able to provide that for them. We're able to bring food and clothing and all these things when we, when we present them, when we bring these needs, meet these needs, we also want to meet the most important need of all, and that is the spiritual need that they have. <laughs> we gave them out a bunch of backpacks, and they were all excited at the orphanage. Um, so uh, the spiritual side of it, bringing people into a knowledge and a relationship with Jesus Christ, and also then continuing on into discipleship. Is, a, is an important part of everything that we're doing. I'm medically trained, so I would, um, it's a tool that God has given us to be able to go into areas where there's very little medical care. People can't even afford the taxi fare to get to the hospital, even if they have free medicine. Um, so I would go into the areas and provide free medical care to them, hike in with a backpack on with, with medicines, and spend the day going house to house helping people and ministering to them in the name of Jesus and showing them that Jesus does love them in a very practical and real way. And so as I was doing this, people would ask me, well, why are you, why are you doing this? And I'd say, well, I'm glad you asked that. It's because of Jesus. He loved me, and I know that he loves you too. And, and he wants to be you're the answer to the issues you have in your life right now. He's the answer to all of our issues, isn't he? Amen. <laughs> so we have a world out there that's in need. Some don't know that they're in need. Some, some think that because I have a big house and I have a nice car and everything, I don't have any needs. But their greatest need is the spiritual one, isn't it? Whether they're poor, whether they're rich, no matter what color they are, they need Jesus. And so, as fellow missionaries, 
I want to talk to you a little bit today about discipleship and not just being a disciple of Christ, but discipling others into that relationship to where they are equipped. I didn't even know the sound was on this, to be honest with you. But yeah, they're great. Um, to, to be in that relationship to where you can lead people on. You know, uh, we bring people to Christ, yes. We've, over the 12 years, we bring literally thousands of people have committed their life to Christ. But that's only part of what we do. Discipleship is also the next step, isn't it? And we have to get people, we work together with the body of Christ. We do not consider ourselves separate in any way from that. We're just an extension of the body of Christ. It's your, when you are partnering with us as you are, it's our hands, your hands, reaching out to these people with the love of Christ. So um, that's, that's the global body of Christ. You have brothers and sisters who speak a different language than you do that you don't even know about. Isn't that great? And everywhere I go, I have a whole new family. <laughs> some of them I know well, and some of them I'm just privileged to meet just now. But we ha we're a global body of Christ, and I, I'm, as, as missionaries, we're challenging the body to think outside of these walls, right? We have a big job to do. I don't know why God entrusted us with this job, but he did. And because somebody somewhere took the time, went out of their comfort zone a little bit, you're sitting here in the grace of God this morning. Isn't that awesome? And, and you know, I, because I'm a missionary, you think, well, that's what, that's what you do, right? I'm an air conditioning heating contractor from Arizona. How am I qualified to do any of this stuff, right? It's because of Jesus. All you have to have is the word of your testimony, isn't it? So these, um, these tools that we use to reach out to, we've led literally these whole orphanages to Christ. Their, their young people will start from a different starting point now in their life, won't they? They, um, they now have a foundation to build upon. And then we work with local pastors to continue the discipleship process as well, where we are um, moving now into Central America. I was in Central America as a missionary for eight years. We're going to be going back. The Lord has called us back to there. But the work goes on because we were able to disciple people who are now capable of discipling others. Right? It's multiplication. So as, um, as these slides up, this is Dancing Boy. He, yeah, he, he just dances all the time. He's so happy. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, so, there's such a blessing. Um, so we, this is going, I think this is going a little longer than I anticipated. I don't know. But anyways. Um, so as we are looking forward to what the Lord is, is teaching us and through all these things that have happened, um, we're, 
we're, we're trusting in God. What, what do you trust in when things go upside down? Where do you have a, a safe? Jesus is our safe harbor. I do not know how people manage this world without him, to be honest with you. I, I couldn't. My wife and I know we couldn't. Um, but with him, we can do all things. Amen? And, I, and as all this was happening, I'm, I'm pacing back and forth in my living room going, Jesus, now what? You know, what do I do now? You know, you've called me here. I need to reach people. What do I do? So as we started praying about that, I made a phone call to a friend of mine who is, um, he's in, in, the, in the, if you're familiar at all with South Africa, it's been segmented into different race groups for a long time. And although it's not um, you know, proce a, a process that happens anymore, they're still largely in the same areas. Okay, so I had a friend that's an Indian fellow, and I said, hey man, what's going on? Do you, can I help you with it? And he said, no, my family, we got no food, you know. So, so I said, well, I'm, I'm going to come, you know. You had to wait in like four hours and from four in the morning to get like a little bit of gas in your vehicle and stuff like that because they weren't giving out gas because they are using it to firebomb everything. So um, I said, I'll be there. You know, I'll get some food. We'll, we'll go in your neighborhood and we'll greet people. We'll talk about Jesus, you know. So we, that's what we did. We just went through. I've never been in the area. Just walk in, knock on people's doors. Hey, we, we, we got something to share here. I do medicine. We give them some food. We led a family to Christ. The woman had just been attacked. The guy, a uh, little old lady, he grabbed, the guy grabbed her by the hair, threw her in the road, was kicking her. And another fellow came by and stopped. And she was in bad shape. We gave him some medicine and things. The next week I said, well, let's do it again. So we went to a broader area. And we, we kept going house to house, just showing them the love and care that Jesus does to us every day, right? He loves us every day, no matter what kind of shape we're in. So we'd go in and we'd just greet them and ask what's going on. Well, this old guy, he's like, I, I just want to kill myself. I'm in so much pain, I can't take it. So I gave him some pain medication and stuff. We prayed with them. We led another 12 people to Christ that trip. So we said, let's do it again. So I called this young young black pastor and we got the Indian local pastor there and we said, okay, let's pray about this area and then we're going to go in and minister just spirit-led whatever the Lord tells us to do. So we drive around and we, we came to an area, and we're just sitting there going, okay, Lord, where do we go? You know, we don't really, I don't know this area. He actually, they didn't even know the area. And um, so we just stopped, and pretty soon there was, I said, I feel like the Lord wants us to stop here. So we pulled over. So there's all these people just milling around. So we start talking to them. We say, hey, we got something for you. And... Um, for a few minutes, just let us know, you know, what your needs are, you know. So we, um, I started medicine, they started doing the, the uh, handing out food. We had large buckets of food, we're handing out food. 
and we, and we start to minister to them. We had stories in Zulu that we give to the children so that they're Bible stories. And then we had a prayer with them at the end. And then the, the Lord just spoke to me about sharing my testimony, you know? Anybody here have a testimony? Everybody that knows Jesus has a testimony. The blind man had a testimony. It went like this. I was blind, and now I see. What an amazing testimony. Amen? I mean, it, it, I hear that. It just still tends, makes hair on my arm stand up. You know what I mean? I was blind, and now I see. And I can say that as well. I wasn't blind physically. I was spiritually blind, but now I see. Amen? We all, we all, every one of you sitting here that knows the love of Christ, that knows Jesus, and he knows you, you have a testimony. And that's powerful. We, it says we'll overcome by two things, the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And what is testimony? Just saying what you know, right? It's just telling people what you already know. Like, I know this about Jesus, and I want to tell you about him. You know, this is what he did for me. He got me through this mess of my life. You know, whatever your story is. And after I sent, just shared my brief testimony, 44 people committed their lives to Christ. We were able to bring them. We had that young pastor there. We had another group of pastors. We refer them to those people who will continue on the process. And it is a process. Evangelism is the front end of discipling, but spiritual growth and disciple-making are both eternally and inextricably linked, right? It's not, one is not um, okay without the other. You don't want to create babies and leave them out in the wilderness, right? Spiritual babies. Okay, so the followers of Jesus heard his word. But the disciples, the word disciple is like, it's a learner, it's an adherent to the teachings of Christ. So they didn't just hear, they actually did what he said, right? That's taking it into discipleship. Jesus in Mark, it says, calling the crowd to himself and his disciples, he said to them, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me, for whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and to lose his soul? So he, he called them to be fishers of men, to bring people into that knowledge. But he also called them, he said, feed my sheep, didn't he? He's, he there's, so it's, these are inextricably linked. We have to look at both parts of, these, the, of, of the word of God that speaks to us about these issues. And um, part of this that I do with people that are uh, working with me is that I say, okay, I want you to learn a simple tool so that you can lead someone to the Lord. And so I use the four spiritual laws. I don't know if anybody's heard of it. Just Google it. Um, they have an app now that can give you it in any language. It's amazing. And it's a very simple tool. 
So I challenge you this week, go ahead and Google that. Use it if you want to. There's other tools. Use, just br break out your Bible if you need to, whatever. But the, share your testimony, right? That's a, it's a step. The, the, one of the translators that I had with me um, has like uh, a, two sisters. One of them knew Christ, the other one didn't. So I told her, I want you to practice the four spiritual laws because I want you to be able to lead someone to the Lord. So she was practicing on her couch. She thought her sister was playing on her phone, wasn't paying attention. And then she, she, she got to the part where Jesus was knocking on the door and said, do you want to let him in? She said, hey, can I do that? She said, sure. Why not, you know? So she prayed with her, and now she has two sisters that know Christ. <laughs> and this is in a Zulu family where the father, because of the Zulu culture, was going to throw them out of the house, literally, just out in the street because they were Christian. Um, so now he has to throw all three of them out, so he's a little reluctant to do that because who's going to do the dishes and everything, right? <laughs> but um, it's a tool, but we have to be intentional about it, right? We can't, it's not going to just happen. We have to be deliberate, purposive in our deciding that we are going to be disciplers who make disciples, right? Multiplication. It's the next step. Following on and knowing where to take people, right? And how to get them there. Helping them along the way. Doing life together, right? Maybe it's a fishing buddy you have who's rough around the edges. That's okay. Don't worry about them yelling at you, calling you names and things. I used to call people names that witnessed to me, right? And I blew off the first half dozen of them, right? Um, but here I am sharing the gospel, <laughs> Right? So don't be discouraged as you're planting seed. That seed was planted. And I eventually had to get on my knees before God and say, You're Lord, I give up. Right? And so don't be discouraged. Share your testimony. And most of the time, you'll find it's well received. There will be the odd me. But even then, you're still planting a seed in someone's life. Also, bringing other people along, mentoring people into Christ, mentoring them to Jesus, right? Not to yourself, making them uh, solid followers who can then also continue on. So, spirit-led discipleship, right? We go out, we're sharing, the Lord leads us to areas we just share with wherever he tells us to, to go. Yeah, it's, it's intimidating sometimes, but Jesus is right there. Open your mouth and he'll put words in it, he says, doesn't he? he? He just says, just open your mouth, just be obedient and see what I do. I mean, I, I was, we were about to close out and the Lord told me to share my testimony. 44 people, <laughs> I'm as amazed as you are with that. You know what I mean? It's, it's just amazing.
I don't, is this, I don't know what's happening here. Is it, okay, it's giving me the thumbs up, so keep going. So being all things to all men, when I was on in Honduras, I was like working with young men who were largely a boat culture. So I grew up <coughs> in Mexico with boats. So I, I could immediately have that connection with them, right? Making connections where you can and then meeting needs in people's life. Someone, they have a need. Go help meet that need and then see what Jesus does. He gives you a way, a place to work from to meet the real need of their life, right? We think that sometimes just handing somebody money on a street car gets it done. It, it does not, in case you're wondering. Most of the time, they're addicts they need. They're putting another nail in their coffin. But if you take the time to take and sit down with them and talk to them about the Lord, their real need, you'd be surprised. Some of them will, will give their lives to, to Christ and be saved drawn in and then just take the time to disciple people on and Luke Jesus says unless he follows who follows renounces all that he has cannot be my disciple it's there's a cost to discipleship isn't there there's a cost to putting the kingdom of God first in your life there it it comes out of pride it costs Jesus everything but we are his we are his people we're the sheep of his pastor pasture so i'm running out of time i i want to make a challenge to you this morning that um jesus prayed for those who would believe on me through their word right it's passed on timothy he said i want you to entrust what i've given you to faithful men who will present it to others there's a, the steps me to the one person that person to others who will pass it on to yet more right that's multiplication in the word isn't it right so um, there's a challenge you look at if you had a we're quite often okay with just adding people right let's add a few more people to our church got a few extra seats let's get a, add some more if you take 10,000 churches and you add 1,000 people every year, or you take one person who leads one person to Christ and disciples them to the point where they can lead one person a year and disciple that person to Christ and so forth, who wins that race? I'm telling you, it's the one starting with one person not 10,000 churches adding a few people one person leading one person to Christ so I challenge you to make a commitment be purposive and lead one person to Christ this year and then don't stop there but disciple someone on in their faith and you'll see what Jesus does. Let's pray. Father God, we are just so amazed at your work, Lord. How you 
just sift through all of the the sin and the just nonsense in our lives, Lord, and you reach us. We know there's so many out there that are in need of you. They need to know the grace that you've given them, Lord, freely. They need to know your salvation, Lord. So we pray, Lord, that we would be your tools, your hands and feet reaching out to those people, that we would not allow our pride or our nervousness or anything else, Lord, to stand in the way of your kingdom, God. That we make a commitment to, to people and disciple them on in you. We decide it. We commit to it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor. We want to wrap up with uh, an opportunity for you to respond. And thanks for that message. Thank you for the challenge of being missionaries. And uh, we that's what we do. We're either a missionary or a mission field. So, you know, if you're here today and you're going, I don't know what the spiritual, four spiritual laws, what's that all about? We'd love to lead you in that. In fact, there's people around you, and not to intimidate them, uh, but they, 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 can, they could lead you. They could lead you in that prayer to, to invite Christ to come in your life. And so we want to be there for you today, always here as a church. But I, I have a feeling most of us here today know Jesus. And so what are we going to do and reaching out to be missionaries to share Jesus with the needy. And, and the needy isn't just the, the person on the street and, and, and the person that's poor. It's The need is, is from Semiamu to Birch Point to Blaine to Custer to wherever geographically our neighborhood is, your neighbor. The neighbor next door is in need. You, the yeah. Lord will, will show you the need as you pray, as you pray for your neighbors and the opportunities that God gives you. So let's live with that missional idea. Let's live with this anticipation of what that might be and what an adventure that would be. We don't have to go all the way to South Africa. We, we, can, we can do that. But I just want to just thank the Lord for both of you that you're here today. Uh, from from the video that we saw to the fact that God's grace. I love what you said that we're we sit in the grace of God. Next weekend we're going to talk about the the wonderful grace of God and how generous God's grace is to us. That we get to experience that, and you being here today is a testimony of God's provision for you. And we're excited for what He has for you next. Uh, we didn't spend a whole lot of time that you guys are moving into Central America and doing that work. Uh, Joe and Avril, they're going to be in the back with some information of what, what they're doing next and a ministry to, their ministry information to connect with. But I also want to invite you back. There might be a few people here today they are going, I really want to hear more. Uh, tonight at the Walters residence, uh, there's a small group that already gathers. And we have some invitations. Uh, these really poorly cut cards I made but it's a small group with the Morrises this evening at 5.30. And so if you like to hear more and more of an intimate a conversation of what else is happening with them and just to be able to support them and pray with them and, and partner, 
we were talking yesterday at coffee that what if we did something together here? We, we haven't had a lot, a lot of mission, missionary work. We haven't really gone out ourselves and into the, to another country. It's just what's all happening. We're getting ready now, aren't we? We're ready to say, hey, can we, Lord, would you lead us? Maybe there is a team that we can formulate and, and partner with them. So however God would lead you, God might be leading you financially. One of the things to, to know of each and every week, you know, we give in our offerings and our tithe. There's a portion of your tithe that, that God gives you and gives and we give through the church to support Jesus to the needy. That we've been doing that for, gosh, Wayne and Martha, how many years? You're with us today. Probably, probably 12, 13 years that we've been supporting the Morrises and we continue to do that. And so we want to let you know that, but maybe there's there's more you can do. There's some projects they're working on, whatever God would lead you. But more we can do anything is uh, to pray for them. And so will you just join me in prayer for them this morning? Will you bow as, and, and then we'll close here. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the challenge uh, in a very simple and profound way. Lord, we were once blind, but now we see. We see with our hearts. We see where the light has come on and, and our own sinfulness and our own ways and just even our own selfishness, Lord, in our life. We, we, apart from you, we, we're blind. And now we see. We Now we see the light of who you are and that light to shine forth through us into a very dark, dark world. Lord, right now there's not looting in our streets. There's not, there's not gasoline trucks being... But we don't know our world. We don't know our culture. We don't know what's going to happen next. But we know you. And we know that your gospel is powerful and it's at work and it changes lives that you, Lord, have called us to be a part of. And so, Lord, as there's a repositioning for the Morrises, the, the mission goes forward. And we ask the blessing on them as they move into Central America, Lord, that you would guide them and direct them into the new relationships and the new contacts and the new work that's there. And Lord, will you just give us wisdom how we are to partner with them? Lord, in prayer and financial support and going, uh, Lord, whatever we can, Lord, you would guide us. And even right now, speak to individuals right in here in this room and those who are watching online. Lord, what do you want us to do? And all of it, Lord, you're, you're calling us to go forth into this mission field that you give us, that we would live and act out our faith because we'll see lives change through it, Lord. We pray this, we thank you for this morning and the reminder and the challenge as we go forth in your grace, Lord, that we sit in and that we experience, that we can share with others. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.